The Start On Demand. On demand. The province unveiled its back-to-school plan on Thursday. Today we're going to talk about separation anxiety because a lot of younger kids are likely going to feel this come September. Have you ever been concerned about the health of your liver? Maybe you're scared you drink too much and have done some damage? Body Measure now offers a test to check for fatty liver. We'll talk to someone who says they fine We'll talk to someone who says he finally got hit by a car. And hey, August long weekend is upon us, so we will share some of your favorite August long weekend memories. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. McNabb's back next week, then Mackling is off. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, July 31st podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back from vacation next week. And then Greg goes on vacation. Greg, I think we probably can both happily say, thank God it's Friday. Thank God it is the long weekend of the Terry Fox long weekend. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Is it okay if I feel like I just want to let out a primal scream right now? I just, I'm ready for this day to be over. It hasn't even started yet. <laughs> I am, I am looking forward to a few days off the long weekend. The NHL's back, a game late Saturday night, a game in the middle of the afternoon on Monday. And then now I'm kind of disappointed that I'm off next week because the game Tuesday night is not at 930 it's at 5.45 our time on Tuesday, so I would have been able to watch the game no problem. I'm used to designing my life's priorities and my schedules around either pro sports, my own, or my kids' sports. So this is nothing new, but uh, now it feels like uh, maybe taking time off next week is a little bit of a wasted time, but that's okay. Well, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll trade I'll, you. I'll take it. I'll take the time if you don't. If you want to come into work. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 I will, uh, I will, I will claim it. You know, it was best. I went into our little, uh, system here at work where you have to book your time off Yep. and I'd been procrastinating and, uh, finally got around to it this morning. I had some overtime and I had a banked day. So I actually only had to take one holiday day to get four days off next week. So oh, that's good. pretty good too. Yeah. That's great. So I'm happy. I'm happy. Good. Happy camper. I'm just, I'm looking out as I look out of the, the window on our 30th floor at 201 Portage out to the west and northwest. There's some rather menacing clouds. I got a round of golf. To, yeah, of course, yesterday was like picture perfect. Yeah, but I was here for the couch potatoes and today's weather risk of a thunderstorm today. So we'll see. High of 26 today. But yeah, it is the long weekend. And um, whoa. Your, your signal just kind of went like way. There it goes again. Really? Yeah, it's like it, it, there's like a massive hiss and then it disappears. Uh, oh, because when I turn off my microphone. Nothing. There's nothing there. And then I'm back. No, it didn't do it there. Oh, so the hiss is gone. No, Yeah, the hiss it didn't, it didn't hiss there. That's hmm. funny. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back next week. We want to talk right now about August long, Terry Fox long weekend, and we're just keeping it simple today. Tell us a story 
about your August long memories. And at 9.15, we're going to take one of those text messages at 204-780-6868 and reward it with a $100 gift card for Red River Co-op gas bars because it's free gas Fridays all summer long right through to the beginning of September. So Kelly Moore is here. Jeff Braun is here. Jeff Forte is here. Jeff Forte, why don't we start with you, pal? Bonfire and beer, baby. Bonfire and beer. <laughs> Where? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Usually at my buddy Liam's place. Uh, hang out in the backyard. Crack open a beer. Address. <laughs> confidential. Confidential. Well, just, how big Somewhere is, in East Kildonan. How just, big do these bonfires get? Oh, All of just, the flames, yeah. Just, just a small one. Just a small one. But last year, last year, I didn't do anything for August long. Just because uh, it was my first time in my apartment, and I never, ever... Got to see my apartment at night and dark because, you know, I wake up early, I go to bed early. So I, I last year I did nothing. You just stayed up? I just stayed, I stayed up late. I enjoyed the darkness of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I did, did nothing. Hey, sometimes wow. you need that, right? Sometimes you just need to hole up and enjoy some alone time. Jeff Braun, what about you, pal? Uh, specifically on August long, I couldn't tell you because I can't remember dates like that. But I do know back in the day... Every long weekend, my friends and I would go camping somewhere, especially when we're like, when you're teenagers, it's the best because it's like you're living on your own for the weekend away from your parents. And what could be more fun than that? And I won't say that we were the worst offenders, but I will say we absolutely contributed to uh, the province instituting that alcohol ban on May long weekends <laughs> back in the 90s that lasted for quite a while. But uh, that happened to coincide with us suddenly becoming disinterested in camping for some reason. I don't know. But uh, a lot of fond, somewhat blurry memories of camping on long weekends. Absolutely. Michelle texting us at 204-780-6868 saying, Best memories are spending family time every year going to Folklorama. And indeed, this would have been the kickoff weekend for Folklorama. Uh, They're going to join us Tuesday morning, by the way. They have a special announcement to make on Tuesday morning. Kelly Moore, what about you? Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was it, it stretched into an August long weekend. So, I uh, apologize if I don't have the timing quite right. But and it would have been back in the early 2000s. Uh, but I remember uh, my wife used to work for Select a Seat, so she said, "Listen, I'm going up to Minnedosa to work Classic Rock Weekend. Do you want to do you want to come with me and you know and, and and work in the ticket booth?" And I thought. Why not? And then our neighbor from across the street, who is a, a highfalutin guy in the armed forces, he says, hey, I'll bring my trailer. So off, off we go. It was an absolute blast. They had their usual torrent of rain. So uh, I think it was on the Friday or the Thursday night, maybe a lot of the traffic starting to roll in. And here's me, this radio guy, along with this highfalutin armed forces guy, and we're pushing cars we are literally up to our waist in mud pushing cars so they could get through at the uh, ticket entrance and get into the camping <laughs> area but uh you know i'll never forget the friday night yeah we'd had a few pops but uh sitting in the stands with my bride and we're singing our lungs out to april wine it was just uh, a fantastic weekend that's a great story kelly and loren McNabb would be very happy that you brought up minnedosa so i'm sure she would i'm sure gmac has got a little tear in his eye too greg what's your story well, mine's Minnedosa as well. My dad, Kelly, actually lived right across the highway from the concert site 
on the He's shores the of guy Lake that Manage. was shooting the gun at us. <laughs> uh, most likely, uh, it was just a just a BB gun, though, Kelly. No worries there. And uh, several years, things got out of control to the point where there were actually people knocking on our door asking if they could camp in our yard. And my dad was always really good about that. But 1999 was the year. Here's the Canadian music they had alone. Prism to set. Lover Boy, Lee Aaron, Streetheart, Headpins, and Chilliwack. That would make for a great weekend oh. without anybody else. But then you throw in the Tubes, Leonard Skinner, Nazareth, Joan Jett, Def Leppard, with Joe Elliott celebrating his 40th birthday. He's 61 tomorrow. Happy birthday, Joe. And Sammy Hagar, like 500 yards from my dad's house. There was nothing like it. We had such incredible times. And uh, Kelly might have even uh, built you out of a beer or two because we would dress up as a group. We'd get a clipboard and walk around. And, yeah, we're judging uh, the best uh, campsites. Uh, we've got a major uh, prize lineup, and people would bribe us with beer and food. And it was uh, really just a giant scam. So for anyone I scammed food or beer from, the weekends of 1997, 98, 99, and 2000, I apologize. Uh, for my story, I'm just I'm trying to think of the year. I think it's 2001 because I, for whatever, I, rem I remember at the end of the weekend, we watched SummerSlam and it was Booker T, the five-time, 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 five-time <laughs> WCW champion versus The Rock. Uh, but we went out to Red Lake Falls that weekend. It was, I believe, my first time out to Red Lake Falls for some tubing in Minnesota. And uh, the guy who drove, shall, well, I'll, I'll just say his name, Jared, he, he, we, he said he had a map, we, and he, uh, he pulls out the map as we're on the road. So we're, we've already left, we're, we're out of Winnipeg, and I said, okay, give me the map. And he hands me this map, and it, <laughs> honestly, it was a one-pager, and it was the, the, the blown-out map, like the overall, that has, says Winnipeg is here and Red Lake Falls is here. No directions, <laughs> no specific roads. It was He might as well have just drawn a, a line pointing down. Just go down to the States and you'll find it. So naturally, we got lost for like an hour and a half trying to find this place. We were all so angry. <laughs> but we, we found it and we had a good time. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb back from vacation next week, heading into the long weekend, and we're getting a lot of great texts, Greg, at 204-780-6868. Okay, first of all, don't break any laws, despite what Judas Priest says. Uh, who's the people's champion, Brett McGarry? The people's champion is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment today, the great one, The Rock. Well, I think Joyce may give The Rock a run for his money based on this story. Get this, my August long memory, beer strike in Manitoba, not a beer to be bought anywhere, 1980, 1981. The uh, details are, are sketchy on that. Took up a collection from various friends in the St. Mallow Overflow Campground. Drove down to the USA, bought 40 six dozen canned beers and packed them into my 1964 Acadian and headed back. <laughs> Customs asked how long I'd been in the U.S. I said, 10 minutes. They asked what the purpose of my trip was. I said, beer. They laughed and invited me into the office to fill out the customs declaration. They took my word about the quantity. I paid the duty, more expensive than the beer. I was greeted like a hero when I drove back into the campground. The weather that weekend was like this weekend, and I despised 
uh, and despite being USA beer, I swear that was the best beer I ever drank. Wow, that you, is Joyce. quite the story. And as well, the fact that it was an Acadian. There's a blast from the past. A buddy of mine had a black Acadian, and it was a piece of garbage. I think he paid $400 for it, but it managed to drive for like three years. So, <laughs> A fancy Chevette was the Acadian, I think. <laughs> That's right. It was the Pontiac equivalent of the Chevette. Oh, man, that's a great story. Keep those stories coming, 204-780-6868. And again, $100 gift card for Red River Co-op gas bars up for grabs at 915, based on your texts. With our changing times and our altered lives, many Winnipeggers are turning to bicycles for transportation or at least as a form of exercise and recreation. And we've had plenty of discussion surrounding the seemingly endless animosity between drivers and cyclists and vice versa. Yeah, this morning when I opened up my Facebook feed, the first thing I saw was a message of shock and loss. A lifelong friend of mine lost his uncle in a hit-and-run incident which took place at the corner of Moncton Avenue and Gray Street around 10 p.m. Wednesday night. Police say the driver of the vehicle that hit the vehicle that hit the man on that was on a bicycle fled the scene. They're still looking for that individual. Yesterday evening, one of our regular guests posted on Twitter that he had finally been hit by a car. A fairly ominous way to view it. Anders Swanson of Canada Bikes and Winnipeg Trails Association joins us now. Anders, first of all, good morning. Hey, good morning. Are you okay? And what the heck happened? Oh, yeah, I'm okay. Um, I just can't stop thinking about that Acadian because my mom used to have one when we were a kid, too. But, um, <laughs> Fun little cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coffee cream colored. It was beauty. I remember that. But, um, you know, I'm fine. I, I, like I said, there, um, um, it happened in about 10 kilometers an hour. We were each going about 10 kilometers an hour. But I think uh, what, what was kind of crazy about it, though, was how the person sort of looked right through me and how how bad it actually could have been even though it was slow and how I was yelling and I couldn't really do anything about it so it was kind of a one of those vulnerable moments you know where did this happen uh this happened uh, just in the exchange it was a sort of an in- intersection between what should be a relatively quiet street um and one of the ways into the exchange um but yeah I was I was traveling in the lane at you know, about that speed and uh it was just really a reminder that if geez if that had happened at 30 kilometers an hour i mean i i think i'd be in the hospital i wouldn't be i wouldn't be i wouldn't be on the radio right now and if it happened at 50 um well I, like i would have been toast for sure yeah and, well, and you're um, a so bigger guy Anders, right you're Sorry, Anders, you're a bigger guy. You're six one, uh, same height as me, and uh, so you're you're easy to spot. But you mentioned, I think so, yeah, in your tweet <laughs> that it was th- that it was as though the motorist was looking straight through you. Elaborate on that a little bit. Um. Well, I mean, the weird thing for me is I work in transportation uh, safety, but it's it's like, uh, and it surrounds me, and I. Like I, but I'm usually thinking about it like, um, like I think in the last two, two weeks or so, I've probably seen ten different close calls, like people like going through a crosswalk or a, a little kid kind of breaking away from their mom and like kind of going to the road and her, her catching her, um, and and so I guess. But when it happens to you, um, it's a bit surprising, like. Because you know, I'm I'm thinking about the people who are shorter, the people who are more erratic, 
but yeah, like I said, like I mean, uh, like I'm 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 pretty big, like I'm pretty noticeable in the landscape. And what what it made me realize was that, uh, or just sort of underscored, I guess, for me is that um, this whole Vision Zero thing. I don't know if you've, you know been talking about it or a lot or or not, but Vision Zero basically means it's this thing that a lot of jurisdictions around the world are doing, which is. But basically, the fundamental thing about it is that human beings make mistakes. And because you know that human, being make, human beings make mistakes, you need to sort of design your laws and design your environments to create a culture where if, if or when that mistake happens, somebody doesn't die. Um, you know, and, and I, think, I think what was pretty special, like, I mean, like I, me and the guy, we fist bumped in the end, you know, like he was actually more shook up than me. Um, he was kind of freaked out actually. And like, and he's like, Oh geez, did I hit you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just kind of sat down on your hood. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. Like, and and then he was, you know, and and I was just saying, but what if it was my niece? You know, what if I was two feet tall, you would have just kept driving completely. What if I didn't smash my hand on the, on the hood just so that you would finally look forward. Um, and, uh, yeah. So it was, it was like, it, 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 it exposes this vulnerability that we have. And, um, um, I mean, in this particular case, it was because he he uh, rolled through a stop sign, and like I've lived in places where, like in the Netherlands, for example, at a, at a road like that, you would always be as a car, you, as a driver, you'd be you'd be coming off this raised sort of thing. You would have been traveling a lot slower the whole time. But part of the problem is he was just trying to cut through my neighborhood, and so he was already rolling fast. He wasn't looking in the right direction. He wasn't stopping at the stop sign, and it's that culture of like being in a hurry that I think is, is really the danger. And it, yeah, it just kind of came home for me, man. Anders Swanson joining us live on 680 CJOB from Canada Bikes and Winnipeg Trails Association. Anders, thank you for sharing your story. We're glad to hear that you're okay. Hey, thanks. Yeah, no worries. The theme song for Unsolved Mysteries. And what is today's unsolved mystery, Greg Mackling? Who is delivering the traffic updates? <laughs> we have no... I want to call him Robert Stack. <laughs> we have no or maybe clue. We could do, maybe we could do a combination. So there were uh, uh, four uh, uh, male hosts of Unsolved Mysteries, uh, Raymond Burr, Carl Malden, Robert Stack, Dennis Farina. So we could do some sort of combination. Raymond Stack, Carl <laughs> Farina, Rob, Robert Malden. Robert Malden sounds like a good stage name. You want to go with that? Robert Malden. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, <laughs> we don't we don't know. Even one of our bosses texted us and said, who the hell was that? <laughs> like, we don't I have no idea. Casey Gibb normally emails us. He has not. I texted him and Justine. No clue who is doing our traffic. But again, he sounds great. So if <laughs> if you know who it is, let us know at 204-780-6868. Oh, my. <laughs> hey, by the way, um, we got a text at 711 saying, it's Mad Max Fury Road for the cyclists now. Uh, that's an interesting note of feedback. And you're right, Greg, when it comes to the... And we only have 30 seconds here. But yesterday, for example... Uh, I was crossing Osborne right in front of the legislature and the cars had stopped because there were some cyclists crossing the road and I crossed the road. But a cyclist heading southbound on Osborne just blew right through the red light 
so that's the kind of thing that drives people nuts. Uh, so we'll keep that conversation going, of course. That, that, that's a conversation that will never go away, much like water park. Anyway, just felt like throwing that out there. That random word here. One of our listeners actually thinks she knows who that is. Oh, yeah? The traffic report. I think his name is David Allen, but okay. it, there's an LOL. So, <laughs> well, we'll take that one under advisement. <laughs> But right now, Greg, we want to continue our conversation about back to school because heading back to school in September is not going to look like it did in September of 2019. It isn't going to look like this past spring either. Yesterday, the province announced that all students would be returning to class. Yeah, the intention is for full-time classes for students in kindergarten to grade 8. The plan for high school students will vary based on the ability of schools to adhere to physical distancing guidelines. One question many of us have is how will our kids cope with the changes? Dr. Kirsten Wirth, with a psychologist with Wirth Behavioral Health Services, joins us now. Good morning, Dr. Wirth. Morning. Doc, uh, back to school can be a challenge every year for some of our kids. Is this going to be an even larger challenge this September? I think that we can expect that it can be. Um, Lots of the kids that I work with are already kind of struggling going back into the community after being at home with their parents in isolation for so long. So I can imagine that come September, going back to school will create anxiety for parents as well as children. A return to what is more usual, not necessarily normal, will be a big change. Kids will have been at home for five months, come back to school. Any concerns about separation anxiety for younger students? Um, I I think not even just for younger students, but probably older ones. I, I mean, we're in the perfect storm of conditions to develop anxiety where there wasn't any. And for people with a hint or more of anxiety to have kind of increased it. Um, so, so yeah, you probably can see some difficulty um, both for the parents who have been at home with their kids all this time and for the children who are then going back into school, not just around, you know, now separating from their caregivers, but increased worries and things about COVID and the rules that they have to follow and seeing people maybe in masks that they're not used to seeing that way, those kinds of things. We usually speak with you throughout the course of the year, but I know we've spoken to you in the past about getting our kids ready for that routine of school. So what are the sort of things that we can start doing now? We've got a month and a bit to get our kids prepared for what's coming in September. Have you got any advice on how we can approach that and maybe make that transition a little bit easier? Yeah, there, there's a few things that parents can do. Um, for for one thing, around the back to school, um, I, I expect that a lot of parents are going to be worried about what that's going to be like. And not saying that we shouldn't share, um, you know, our thoughts and concerns with kids. We absolutely should. But the way that we show those to our kids, really, the modeling really has an impact on how um, the kids take that in, how they can perceive any threat, and then how they then respond to it. And so if we can approach that 
in a calm manner and talk about, you know, how they're going to go about doing things and it's going to be okay. And, you know, watching the words that we're using to express that to kids is really going to impact. So if we think about um, presenting it in not, you know, not in a Mary Poppins way, in a, in a realistic way, but still, you know, what we're going to do to manage risks and how we're going to handle it, those kinds of things that can really have a big impact. Some teachers have been telling us that cheating, copying one another's work, uh, had become more commonplace than uh, ever they'd ever seen before. Does that make sense? Uh, like it became more prevalent during the in, uh, the homeschooling portion, you mean? Yeah. I suppose so. They have more access to, you know, doing work together or emailing work to each other versus doing work in front of their teachers. So I guess that's a possibility. Um, there are lots and lots of online programs in post-secondary school, though, where they've come up with ways to manage those. So I think that as long as if there's going to be any in-home practices that teachers, you know, put strategies in place so that there is a caregiver or somebody supervising certain activities that could help manage that. Is is there a, a chance in that time, Dr. Worth, where you're learning somewhat more independently and opportunity, uh, crimes are sometimes those of opportunity, uh, kids that would normally never imagine doing that maybe doing things, not necessarily just the cheating, but other things uh, that they wouldn't otherwise do? This has been a very unusual, lengthy break um, that has led to a lot of people kind of struggling with how they're going to go to work or even work from home and structure their kids' day. And especially for the teens, what I have seen both in my um, personal life and and with the families that I've been working with is there's been a lot less structure and a lot more like the parents trying to manage a lot of things. And so kids have had a lot more free time to kind of try to fill. And a lot of the teens I have seen staying up all night, um, playing video games and things like that, and then sleeping most of the day. Um, and so anytime you kind of start running into those scenarios, what lead to more high risk behavior. So I, I'm not sure what the rates are, but I wouldn't be surprised that that could be happening. We've talked a lot about how drinking has gone up during the pandemic for some more so than others. Have you ever wondered if you've, you're damaging your liver? Well, there is a way to test that now, thanks to our friends at Body Measure. So we got to visit Body Measure earlier this year, and they ran us through a battery of tests and scans, and we learned a lot about our bodies. And now, thanks to this new test called FibroScan, they can check to see if you have a fatty liver. Melina Elliott and Erica Henderson from Body Measure join us now. Good morning, Melina. Good morning. And good morning, Erica. Good morning. So which of the two of you want to tell us, how does this FibroScan work? Uh, I, can, I can tell you that. So the FibroScan is an ultrasound machine that is just specially made for looking at the liver. 
so it can actually tell you that you have a fatty liver and then it can actually stage you so is your liver 10 to 30 percent fat is it 30 to 50 percent fat is it damaged and scarred already headed towards cirrhosis so it actually can can stage it which is very new because typically ultrasound in the past can just say it looks like you may have a fatty liver but this is just about the same as getting a biopsy so it takes a section of your liver it's painless um, just a little ultrasound probe and it actually tells you exactly what stage you're at and uh, what your risks are so Melina if the test result is bad what do I do Right. So it depends why it's bad. So when in your intro, you talked about alcohol and fatty liver and alcohol absolutely can cause a fatty liver. But that's actually um, uh, that's for fewer people. More people have a fatty liver because of lifestyle. So that's called non-alcoholic fatty liver. And that is associated with um, uh, the types of food that you're eating and how much fat you're carrying in your abdomen. So if you have a fatty liver because of alcohol consumption, well, easy, you just got to cut way back on the alcohol. And if it's because of non-alcoholic fatty liver, then you need to make some lifestyle changes. So um, it may sound simple, but lowering your weight, even a 5% decrease in your body weight can improve the health of your liver. Um, so you make those changes through diet and exercise. And the liver is amazing if you, um, if you know your risk early enough, if you catch it early enough. Uh, prevention is really the key here because the liver actually can heal itself so you can reverse that damage. So, Melina, you know, when we came to see you, those tests gave us such tremendous insight and such detail about our bodies that we would never otherwise ha have have learned and, and received. Uh, when it comes to fatty liver, is there anything that might be tipping us off? Are there any are there any things that we might be keeping an eye open for that would cue us to that, that we're having this issue? Or is this test really uh, the best way to go about that? There are a lot of things that you can kind of um, pay attention to in your own life to see what your risks are. So if you're worried about drinking uh, women, if you're drinking more than 10 drinks in a week, men, if it's more than 15 drinks in a week, you're at an increased risk. If it's related to um, lifestyle, then if you are someone that is living with obesity, if you're carrying a lot of weight in the belly, so that typical beer belly, uh, if you have sleep apnea or high cholesterol, um, an underactive thyroid, type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetic is definitely a high risk. Women, if you suffer from polycystic ovarian symptoms, or if you have higher normal, higher than normal amounts of visceral fat, that can also um, all are contributing factors to a fatty liver. Erica, for those who are not intimately familiar with how their body works, and I, I count myself among those, uh, why is the liver so important? What does it do? The liver really filters everything in your body, so it, it's basically our, our filter system. So um, if, if we're getting too much fat into that liver, if, if we're like pre-diabetic and we're, we're becoming insulin resistant, then our, our liver will actually start to build up fat because it, we're not able to burn it off. So once the liver becomes more than 10% fat, then you have a fatty liver. So it becomes very dangerous because it starts off as non-alcoholic fatty uh, disease, liver disease, but that is just fat. Then it turns into NASH, which is non-alcoholic 
steatohepatitis, which is actually cell damage and inflammation in the liver. And once you get the cell damage, um, it, it's going towards cirrhosis. So at that point, you really have to do something because once it's uh, hit cirrhosis, there's no cure for it. What does the liver do? So the liver just basically uh, filters everything that you have. So you drink alcohol, it goes, goes through your liver. It's, it's like um, just a filtration system for your body, basically. So, Melina, uh, when it comes to the, the alcohol, I just wanted to clarify, uh, if, you, uh, if, if you go get the test done and it's revealed that your liver has sustained some damage because of alcohol, what's the, what do you do then to reverse that or can you reverse that? Yeah, you absolutely can. So if you if you know, like Erica mentioned, if you're if you're if you're not at that that high degree of damage, you can reverse it. So we would we when you get your liver checked, they're going to ask you how much alcohol do you drink, and and you know if you think okay maybe it's you know it's alcohol related, you you have to cut back on the alcohol, and it's it's kind of just like smoking. So you know how they say that. You know, one week after quitting smoking, your lungs are, you know, so much percentage healthier. It's the same thing with your liver. So the you cut back on the alcohol and you will see significant change um, in it, it healing itself. Well, I guess the reason why, and this is Brett being maybe too honest here, but I guess the reason why I'm curious about that is, uh, you know, and, I've, and I haven't hidden from this in the past, but I know... I probably drink a little too much. So I, when I saw on social media that you now have this test, I immediately, the first thing I thought was, I need this test. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're drinking as a male, if you're drinking more than 15 drinks per week on a regular basis, then you're definitely at an increased risk. Okay. So if somebody wants to reach out to you and book a test to get their liver checked, how do they do that, uh, Erica? Uh, they can reach out to us by going to our website, um, www.bodymeasure.ca, uh, or giving us a call at the office, and um, we can book a scan for them. Okay, and I promise you, if you do go see them at Body Measure, uh, you won't be disappointed. They took such good care of us, and we learned all kinds of insanely neat stuff there that I had no idea. Like, the the, the, the stuff that you can tell about us, Melina, uh, it, it seems like something out of a science fiction movie. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but it's just science. It's, it's not science fiction. It's definitely just science. So um, when we, you know, we felt like Winnipeg needed the opportunity to access this and um, all of these amazing technologies that have been around for a really long time, but have only been used in hospitals or for research, but they provide us so much information about our bodies and allow us to be proactive about our health, to really take our health into our own hands and say, hey, where am I today and what do I need to do to get to my ideal healthy, which is different for everybody. So it's very empowering. Melina Elliott. Well, if I can, I just wanted to say, you know, for as scary as some of those tests were and as scary as some of the results were, when you broke it down and you walked through what the test meant, I felt so much better and it really has inspired me to, to make some changes and to, to understand. So I just wanted to give it that, that personal endorsement as well that the, wow. the thought of putting yourself through this might be frightening, but the information you'll garner on the other end of it, super valuable. Thank you. That is that thank you very much. Here. Melina Elliott and Erica Henderson from Body Measure joining us live on 680 CJOB. Once again, they have something called a fibro scan that can check your liver. And I really do think I need to 
go get this test because it's something I've thought about uh, a few times before. Now that there's a way to do it, why not go get it done? It's for your health. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb's on vacation. By the way, the cost of that fiber scan with body measure is $149 plus GST. Uh, so that is not bad at all. So 204-780-6868, large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia is up for grabs. Here is the question. 41% of women say if they could have any superpower, it would be this. What is it? Mm. Mm. Vanessa, do you know? I have no idea. Okay. Well, better luck next time. Anne-Marie, do you know? Um, being able to listen in on conversations. Being able to listen in on conversations. Uh, that's interesting. Super hearing. Yeah, super hearing. But no, that's not it. Okay. But good guess. Carol, 41% of women say if they could have any superpower, it would be this. What is it? Oh, hang on. Did I just lose Carol? I think I just... I don't know what I did there. Okay, hang on. Let's try Doreen. Doreen, do you know what it is? Um, women having the... Um, be able to know what their spouse is thinking. I'm going to give you that. Huh? 41% of women say if they could have any superpower, it would be this, to be a mind reader. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I find it interesting that it's that it's women who are the subject of this because I... I guarantee you that prob- you know why why it's women I guess Greg because I would bet the 100 100% of men wish they could read minds at least when it pertains to their partners. Mm-hmm. In technological terms a codec is a coder decoder and sometimes we need a codec. <laughs> what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, are you okay? Is everything no. fine? Yep, everything's fine. I'm fine. Can we have a coder decoder for that? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Just to keep some balance here. Doreen. But I think that was my guest was mind reading as well. So good call. Doreen, do you find it like, is this something that you wish that you could do? Oh, many times. <laughs> yeah. And is it so that you can read your spouse's mind? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, Doreen, I'm going to put you on hold. Congratulations for winning the pizza. Stand by. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Greg. Uh, you know what the answer is? What's you that? You know what the answer is? When, when uh, women ask men, what are you thinking about? Usually the answer is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, you, know, yeah. you know, you know why nothing. I can't tell you what? how many times I've been in relationships where the, where women will say, I, I need you to know, I need to know what you're thinking. What's wrong. And if I actually, if I say what's wrong, then it's a, a it's a, a nuclear meltdown on their part. So it's just easier to say nothing. <laughs> I'm fine. Mm, that's, a, that's another way to go for sure. Yeah, because I, I, I just want to avoid the fight. I can't tell you how many times it's happened. What's wrong? I want to know what's what's on your mind. Okay, well, here's the problem. Oh, well, if that's what's wrong with you, then that's your problem. That's not mine. So, okay. I just, I can't, can't handle that. But uh, that's, yeah, being a mind reader. 41% of women say if they could have any superpower, it would be this, being a mind reader. Mackling and McGarry, we are giving away a $100 gift card for Red River Co-op Gas Bars because it is Free Gas Friday every every Friday all the way through to the beginning of September right here on the start. 
And we have read some amazing stories at 204-780-6868. Your favorite August long weekend memories, including one person declaring, I'm a Monday to Friday. This was a Teresa, I think, who said, uh, this is the first time I'm Monday to Friday worker. And this weekend, I'm getting pregnant. Woo! <laughs> but Now, you, <laughs> go ahead, Brad. I was just going to say, but you have selected our winner for this morning. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Teresa's was was the best. The best story, I have to say, went to our friend, and I can't remember her name, who drove her Acadia to the United States for 64 cases of beer yep. to uh, save the weekend. <laughs> but this, we have to, we must right a wrong here. Justice, as you said, Brett, shall be served. My favorite memory from August Long Weekend was many, many years ago uh, as a teenager camping with the group of kids at Clear Lake. It was the first time I'd been allowed to go with my friends on my own. Unbeknownst to me, LOL, there was alcohol present. That's something like Ross would say on Friends. I didn't know. Uh, present uh, and when we weren't exactly allowed to have it, we were also becoming a little more rowdy than was acceptable. You know what that means, the parkies. Yeah. I had a little orange pup tent, and at one point, I went into the tent to change. My friends proceeded to pull the tent pegs and tighten them down on top of me so that I could not extricate myself from my little tent. Just at that moment, park police arrived to investigate the noise. My friends quickly disappeared and left me struggling to get out of my tent. The park police had to help me get out of the tent, and I was the one that also received the citation. My friends eventually returned. I was not impressed, but it was memorable. So I asked Evelyn, at least they chipped in for the ticket. She says, no, they did not. Well... We're going to make things right. I don't know how much the ticket was, but I'm guessing it was at least 100 bucks. Well, congratulations to you, Evelyn. We are giving you the $100 gift card for Red River Co-op Gas Bars. And uh, maybe you can fill up the tank and uh, take your friends out camping and then get your revenge. <laughs> <laughs> and lock them down in a tent. That is crazy. It's just crazy that she got the ticket and then her pals who pulled this prank on her don't help out with that. That's just so maddening. So great choice, Greg. It's time to, to dole out some justice here on The Start. Yeah, I think that's the least we can do sometimes. So uh, some great text messages, I, dozens and dozens of them. Uh, such great stories. We appreciate you sharing them with us and trusting us with your stories. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.